everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Align Your Health, the radio show about maximizing your health without drugs and surgery. It's great to be here today and uh, just really excited about this topic. Um, every week we try to come up with some just awesome topics for you guys, really trying to bring a lot of value this week. So um, this week talking about vegetarian diets versus being a carnivore, like the meat eater. Um, I think, you know, the, the meat and potatoes guy versus what we all know, um, is seemingly more healthy or is it? And just sifting through this, I was actually having a conversation this week with one of the associate doctors I get to work with. And we were talking about how we take principles to the extreme that um, we know vegetables are good, so everyone assumes being a vegetarian is good. Or we know too much um, too much red meat can be bad, potentially. Therefore, you know, if you read certain books out there or watch certain uh, videos, certain documentaries that are made, then, then meat, is, meat is bad, meat is evil. Um, so I want to I wanna help you guys sort through this. And then what I also want to do is talk about the benefits of each and if there are any, where they are, and how to how to navigate this properly. Also, where are the dangers? Like, are there vegetables and fruits that you shouldn't eat? Because there are. There are actually vegetables and fruit that if you're eating them, you could actually be creating some major health issues. And I'm just going to let you guys uh, know why and, and show you some of that information. So um, it, there's there's some some tricks to making sure you're doing everything in a healthy way. Also, you know, if you're eating meat, is there is there meat that's really healthy? You know, for years, everyone believed that, you know, fish or chicken were healthier than beef, and that actually isn't true. And, uh, and I'm going to share with you guys why there may have been some perception of that and really how how to navigate through the truth of this matter. So I'm um, just really excited. Any At any time, again, um, you know, if you're a longtime listener, you know that at any point in time during our show, if you are excited about what you're hearing, you want to work with someone who is going to help navigate you through your health, or if you ever just want to come to one of our, uh, one of our events, um, go. there's two websites that we use. One is the one for my office, and that's alignhealthcenter.com, A-L-I-G-N, healthcenter.com. And the other one is uh, drryanlive.com. That's where you can go to find our podcast. You can go there to find our events coming up. And uh, that's where you can really just get the uh, get all the information you need about anything we're doing in the community. Um, but if you're wanting to become a patient, uh, I always talk about chiropractic care. Always try to put a chiropractic perspective on things. And if you're if you're looking to gain some um, some help, you know, through taking care of your spine, taking care of your nervous system, and addressing your health from a cause based perspective, addressing the one system in your body that actually controls everything. Um, then what you should do is give us a call. Our phone number is 513-777-7575. And uh, we'd love to work with you every week. What we do is we keep five appointment times open for people who are wanting to work with us and uh, are coming in specifically from the radio show, Facebook Live, or um, our podcast. 
Um, but once the show is over for the day, then we automatically open those spots up and uh, start scheduling other new patients in those spots. So if you want an appointment, make sure you give us a call, 513-777-7575, or go to AlignHealthCenter.com and fill out a new patient request. So, all right, let's get into this. Um, you know, I get this one all the time in my office. People will watch a documentary called Forks Over Knives, or they will read a book called The China Study. And they're like, you know, I read this book. I'm going to start giving up uh, red meat, or I'm going to give up meat entirely. I'm going to go with a plant-based diet. And, um, you know, I always kind of cringe because, not because they're, they're wanting to move in a positive direction, not because um, they don't have some good information, but I know that both of those sources are filled with misinformation. And so when they tell me they watched that documentary or read that book, I, I always want to go, yeah, but, and teach them. But, uh, you know, a lot of times it can take, you know, the, the 40 minutes to an hour we have here. And so I'm really excited to show today to, to have this resource to talk to them about. So. Uh, I watched the documentary Forks Over Knives, and all in all, I, the basic premise is we need to eat more plants, and I believe that to be true. However, what I realized that they were offering is a solution. If you watch the, uh, the actual documentary, what you'll see is that all the examples they gave of societies that eat large amounts of plants, they used soy as an example, they used rice as an example, they used things that really aren't great for us that the last thing we need to do is be eating more grains. Grains are very inflammatory. Our diet is filled with them. They're some of the most chemically processed foods on the planet. And so grains are one thing that we really don't need to be eating more of. And rice is a grain. You know, bread is a grain. Um, unfortunately, even the, the healthy grains, quinoa, um, you've got to be really careful of your sources. But that was one of the solutions in Forks Over Knives. The other solution was soy. Um, soy is about 90% or more GMO in the United States. And what that means is it's, it's RNA has been altered and they've changed the genetic structure of that plant. And most of the times it's been changed in a way that is affecting our bodies such to stimulate estrogen-sensitive cells so that we actually start having symptoms of estrogen dominance in our body. For men, what is, or for women, what does this mean? This means uh, affecting fertility. This means affecting, you know, any sex hormone related problem. This means creating issues with ovarian cysts, uterine cysts, polycystic ovarian syndrome, possibly things like, um, you know, drawn out menopause. And, uh, so I just get really concerned because most people don't understand how how dangerous some of these recommendations are. And um, so, you know, the, the general premise we need to eat more plants is an amazing thing. That the average American, if you look at the consumption of how many fruits and vegetables they're eating on a daily basis, they're eating, most in most cases, less than a serving a day. So you, you think about the average person gets up, they wake up in the morning, they maybe have a bowl of cereal or they're trying to be healthy. They're doing oatmeal. Um, you know, they, they, uh, they have a cup of coffee. They have a bagel, whatever that breakfast looks like. They go to work and at work they do a, 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 maybe a wrap or a pita or a burger or a Chick-fil-A or whatever that is for lunch. And then they go to, they go to uh, 
you know, go home for dinner and maybe they stop home on the way and they eat, I don't know, pizza or they cook some pasta at home or they do, um, you know, whatever that is. But when, when the day is done, they've eaten one to two servings of vegetables. And so the basic premise is that people do need to eat more plants, that plants um, really are where we get all of our phytonutrients, most of our uh, most of our vitamins, most of our minerals, they're such, so so life-giving that all the studies done on cancer and et cetera, we know we need to eat more plants. But does that mean that going to strictly a plant-based diet is the right thing? For most people, I think they would get healthier. But does that mean that meat is inherently evil? So coming up, what I really want to get into is the next segment we're going to talk about you know, what meat is healthy and what meat is unhealthy. And if you're going to eat meat, what you really need to be paying attention to. So give us a call, 513-777-7575 if you want to become a patient. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. And we are talking today about eating a plant-based diet versus being a carnivore. What's healthier and why is there a middle ground? How do we make sure we're getting the best out of our nutrition? And are there things to avoid in either? So I was just breaking down that I think we can all agree that everyone needs to eat more plants. The average, you know, the average um, American is eating less than two servings a day with an overwhelming number of people eating less than one serving a day of any plants. Um, especially when it comes to like unprocessed, we're talking about just eating a fruit or a vegetable, not, you know, something that's made from a plant, like, you know, pasta is made from grains or, um, something of that nature, but actually eating fruits and vegetables. When it, if we, if we broke that down even further and said fresh fruits and vegetables, we would be even in more trouble because most people are way, way, way under consuming that. So very easy to uh, to say and assume that everyone could be eating a lot more fruits and veggies. I would love to see that. But then you get into this weird thing where you get people who are either vegetarian or vegan. Uh, I know someone who's a, a fruititarian. That means they exclusively eat fruit. Um, or you'll get people who are, how about this? There's a, there's a new trend, and we're not even talking about the paleo stuff or the ketogenic stuff where they're eating higher amounts of fat, but... People are taking it to the next level and eating exclusively meat. They're you know living a carnivorous diet. So I want to talk about meat for a few minutes because I want to teach you guys some principles. One of them is called biotoxic accumulation. One of them is about your omega three fatty acid ratios, and um, another one is uh, uh, just about really what animals should be eating. So here's the thing: is if you're looking to be eating um, animal products and you're wondering, okay, if I eat um, an animal product, I've heard that, you know, fish or chicken are healthier. I've heard that red meat's bad because I read the China study. And I want you guys to know that, um, that both of those are wrong, that they're not accurate, that any animal that is eating what it was designed to eat is going to be the healthiest version of that animal. So let me give you some examples. Cows should eat what? Grass, alfalfa, you know, they they basically, they um, graze and they go out into a pasture and they eat a bunch of plant material, clover and, and stuff like that. Um, mostly greens. They may, you know, chew on some, you know, straw that's growing here or there, but mostly they're eating greens. 
And if you left a, ca- a cow out to pasture and, and you let them just go, that's what they're going to eat. You're not going to find them, um, you know, eating other animals. You're not going to find them um, digging up potatoes and eating them. You're not, you know, they don't root around. They don't do they, they eat pretty much grass. They eat plant-based material. And so that's what they should eat. So if we raise a cow, that's what we should be feeding it. We should allow it to pasture. We should allow it to eat what it would naturally eat. Um, now, what happens is when we're trying to raise things for profit and all that, we know that the bigger we get that animal, the larger we get it, the faster we get it there, the, the faster we can turn this around and they sell beef by hanging weight. So they want to get the animal as big and as fat as they possibly can as quick as they possibly can. So there is nothing in the world that will get an animal, including a human being, fatter faster than grains, grains and sugar. You don't believe that? Um, start eating lots of sugar and drinking lots of beer, and you will get fat really quickly. And so the, the equivalent of what we do to our animals nowadays is it would be the equivalent of having a diet that's consistent of pizza, beer, and dessert. And that's essentially what they're eating. They're getting fed. They don't even get fed actual grains that a lot of these um, farms are buying leftover byproduct from places like the Miller Brewing Facility or um, the the Frito-Lay factory if you're up in Westchester near me. And they're selling their byproduct, their, their leftover you know, unused portion that either gets, you know, broken if it's chips or, or in the brewing process, the leftover, you know, junk that's left over after brewing the beer and they sell it to these farms and they make meal out of it for the cows and they feed it to these cows in troughs. And, uh, and then these cows are literally eating nothing but grains. You know, there was a, uh, article go online and you'll find this, but there was a Skittles truck that dumped over on the freeway. And Skittles were dumped all over the freeway, and they found out where these were going to, and they were going to a feedlot for cows because the idea was fatten, up, uh, fatten them up as, as quick as you can. And so you're eating an animal that if you ate the diet that that animal ate, it would make you diseased. So you're really eating a diseased animal. In order to keep this animal healthy, they then have to give it tons of inoculations, vaccines, they have to give it lots of antibiotics, and there's this new phenomenon where the animal's getting so diseased digestively so soon that they're actually creating a port where they cut a hole in the side of the animal and they put a port in to its stomach so they can go in and scoop out stuff as it's getting uh, literally diseased inside its stomach, and they have to do this several times throughout its lifetime so that they can keep the animal from getting diseased from the inside out. So if you're going to ask me if you should eat beef, that's not the kind you should be eating. That's most of your commodity beef. That's most of your restaurant quality beef. That's definitely your McDonald's stuff. That's, you know, you got you to be really hesitant about eating something that's literally eating its way to disease. And if you're just hearing this for the first time, if this sounds d- disrupting to you, dis- you know, it sounds disgusting, if it sounds too hard to believe, I challenge you to do your own research because I've been researching this stuff for years and you'd be blown away at what's going on. So does that mean that beef is bad in general? No. You know, they, they give these animals also to get them big. They give them steroids. They give them pro-hormones. And so biotoxic accumulation means this, that if you're going to eat anything organic, you want it to be your meat. Not necessarily your vegetables or fruits just yet. But you want it to be your meat. Number one, because organic meat has not been exposed to hormones, antibiotics, and, um, and tons of chemicals. 
Um, it's eating food that is not sprayed with tons of pesticides. So number one, buy your meat organic. That at least saves you from getting exposed to all the, the hormones and antibiotics and, and pesticides. The second thing you want to consider is when you buy your meat, you should really be buying your meat. It, it should be eating what it was intended to eat because it's really hard to keep an animal healthy if it is eating tons of grains. Therefore, they have to give it lots of antibiotics. So if you're buying organic organic um, you know meats, then the next step is buying pasture-raised meats if it's a cow or wild-caught if it's a fish or, you know, free range, if it's a chicken, you want the thing running around basically doing what it was intended to do. Um, there are a lot of tricky words and a lot of tricky vernacular in um, the industry. And I'm going to warn you guys about a couple of those, but basically it needs to be pasture raised. The grass fed terminology, even though at the heart of it, it's really um, saying what it should be eating. It doesn't mean a whole lot because based on the standards in the U.S., all it means is that the the cow had to have at one point had access to grass. So grass-fed isn't a great term. The better term is pastured or pasture-raised. And uh, we have a great farm. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about it coming up, but we have a great farm in the Liberty Township area called Grassland Graze, and it's on the property of the Liberty Farm Market out there. And there was an amazing study done on the quality of their meat. And this is how I know this to be true because one of the things you guys really want to do is know your farmer and know your farmer really well so that you know what their standards are. You know what they're, they're, um, you know, what, what they're doing with their product because if you're feeding this to your family and you're eating it yourself, every single bite we're either building health or we're building disease. From a biblical perspective, the Bible talks about setting before its decision of life and death, and that seems pretty intense. But in all honesty, everything we do in life boils down to a decision of life or death. You know, the words that we speak to our friends, family, and loved ones, are they life-giving? Are we supporting them? Are we building them up? Are, are we improving our relationship with them, or are we breaking it down? Are we creating death with our, our languages and our relationships that... You know, life and death is a choice and everything. And, and really, if you think about it, there's two kinds of food, life-giving food and life-taking food. And so you're either building health or you're building disease with every single bite. So if you're eating an animal, I would argue to say that you could eat an animal that is life-giving food. And I would argue to say you could eat an animal that is life-taking food. And so if it's eating grains, eating you know, Skittles that were rejected Skittles from the factory, if it's getting pumped full of antibiotics and hormones and, and eating pesticide, thousands of pounds of pesticides, pesticides, pesticide ridden grains before it goes off to be soldered, then it's probably disease producing food. I'm going to tell you guys what to be looking for when it comes to how, how to, how to really know you're eating the right thing. We're going to talk a little bit about fish and poultry as well. And then we're going to go into talking about our fruits and vegetables and which ones are um, disease-giving fruits and vegetables, which ones you should be avoiding at all costs, which ones are actually robbing you of your health, and that if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, um, one of the things I've always noticed is when people are vegan or vegetarian, sometimes they have the gray, scraggly hair and their skin looks all gross. And like, if you've ever been to a health food store, you know the person I'm talking about, you're like, man, you're a vegetarian, but you don't look healthy. If, if that's what a vegetarian looks like, I'm not a vegetarian. 
And so I want to explain to you guys where that comes from and how, how to avoid that and how to have the best health you possibly can. Give us a call at 513-777-7575 if you're interested in becoming a patient. You guys are listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. I feel glorious, glorious. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. This is the show about maximizing your health without drugs and surgery. I'm Sans Ashley Berlin today. She was playing tennis, so it's just uh, me in the studio with you guys and just going through um, how, to, how to know what to be eating. And I think one of the biggest things is, you know, when you, when you start off with the basics, it's, you know, you hear about vegetarians or you're either vegetarian or you're not, you know, and you either eat animals or you don't. And uh, so I want to start off with that basic thing and then, and then go into what makes an animal healthy or not healthy. So here's the thing. When your animal is eating what it's intended to be eating, then there are lots of things that change. It's getting the vitamin and mineral content that it's supposed to be getting. It is getting the right nutrients through its food. Therefore, its body is healthier. It's not unlike when we eat the things that we should eat and somebody takes, like a doctor takes our blood and he's like, wow, your blood glucose levels are really good and you're not deficient in any vitamins and uh, you you don't have any major inflammatory markers and basically, he gives you a clean bill of health. So when an animal is eating what it's intended to eat, and it's eating grass if it's a cow or sea vegetation or other small fish if it's a fish, if it's a chicken, it's basically foraging for bugs and eating some plants and stuff like that. When we eat what we're intended to eat, then what's interesting is it changes the profile of our own health. And... Uh, when an animal is eating what it's intended to eat, that animal is healthier. Therefore, when we eat the animal, it's entirely different. So what is an animal supposed to look like? Well, one of the big things is omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acid ratio. So omega-3s are touted sometimes as being the good, the good um, omegas, the good fats. And I, I, look, I want you guys to really understand how this works. It's not good and bad, but your omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. And your omega-3 fatty acids are designed to help fight inflammatory processes in your body and help your body to heal, um, decreasing the inflammation. So what are the inflammatory processes in our body? Cancer, heart disease, diabetes, obesity. These are all things that are inflammatory issues. So if you have that, you want to really decrease your, you know, your sources of inflammation within the body. Your omega-6s and omega-9s are pro-inflammatory. We need inflammation to heal. You know, you whack your finger with a hammer. It needs to get inflamed so that tissue can then heal. Inflammation is what brings a lot of the chemicals to the injured area so that the area can then repair and regenerate. That being said, we need to really uh, understand that an animal raised properly has an omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acid ratio of about 1 to 1. And I will post um, you know, some stuff on this on our Facebook page if you're watching live. I'll post some stuff that, that shows the omega-3 to 6 fatty acid ratios and some studies that were done on this. When you're eating commodity-raised meat that was fed grains and, and given all the, the hormones and all that crap... 
then what happens is the omega-3 to 6 fatty acid ratio of that meat is usually about 20 to 1 or higher, meaning that animal is now inflamed. Therefore, when you eat it, it's going to produce an inflammatory response in you. And uh, sometimes that number is as high as 50, 60, 70, especially if you're eating basically fast food grade meat, um, which in most cases really isn't meat. In fact, they take the, the worst of the worst of the worst of meat and then they fill it with fillers. A lot of time, like a burger from a typical popular fast food ri- restaurant is sometimes 20, 30, 40% or more fillers that are made from basically paper byproducts. And so you're not even eating meat and you're eating, you know, really a bunch of processed junk and chemicals. So if you're eating a cow that is pro-inflammatory and its omega-3 to 6 fatty acid ratios are 20, 30, 40 to 1, that is going to be a disease-producing animal. So then you read a book called The China Study where they go, oh, we did all these studies and meat is terrible. Well, guess what kind of meat that they were actually studying? They weren't studying meat that was pasture-raised organic because there's not enough of it out there to put into these large studies. They were studying commodity-raised meat, and everything they said about commodity-raised meat is true, but the almost exact opposite is true about pasture-raised meats. That pasture-raised meats have an omega-3 to 6 fatty acid ratio of about 1 to 1, that they're very anti-inflammatory. One of my farms that I go to is grass and graze, They were just one of the largest studies in the nation to test the quality of the beef that that was being submitted to them. There were organic farms. There were commodity farms. There were just about every type of farm you can imagine. And what they were doing was they were taking the beef and evaluating it based on its vitamins, its mineral content, vitamin A, E, D, etc., um, they were also measuring the amount of omega-3s and omega-6s and looking at the qual- quantity of, and quality of that. And what's interesting is the farm that I go to, and I'm proud to say this because I know the farmer, his name's Kip. And Kip shared with this that not only were they you know, of the best of the best of the best in studies, but they stood out head and shoulders above everybody else. That they had better vitamin E, better vitamin A, you know, better uh, omega three to six fatty acid ratios than any other farm that submitted beef for this large national study. And the reason for that is because I know uh, Kip on a very personal level, and I know that those cows only get grass; they're not even grain finished. That he feeds them grass from the the moment he gets them to the moment that they go. And I I think there's probably actually even something to be said about. Maybe generationally, an animal that eats grass giving offspring, and then that animal only eating grass. And that, you know, if we know something about humans, it's that we can pass on DNA and genetics um, that are are based on our lifestyles. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to our podcast on iTunes and listen to Align Your Health podcast, and go back to the Why Your DNA Is Isn't Your Destiny episode, where we talked about how we pass on our, our genetic sequence to two, three, four generations. And that every choice you're making right now is getting encoded in your DNA. And then if you reproduce, you're passing that on to your offspring. So make all your bad decisions after you have your children, um, which we know most of us don't. We actually make most of our bad decisions before before we become parents. And so I, I say all that to say that if you're buying meat, you're literally buying a different animal if it's commodity raised versus pasture raised. So how about fish? 
Well, the same thing. Fish, it used to be fish was the healthy meat. Well, guess what now? Most fish is farm-raised. What are they feeding the fish? The exact same thing. They're feeding the fish, you know, cornmeal and grain byproducts and, you know, these pellets. And and, and in fact, the, the one white fish that everyone seems to go to because it is the most palatable for someone who doesn't like fish or the taste of fish. Um, tilapia, unfortunately, is the worst. It's actually, in some cases, raised basically off of sewage. And so people are eating tilapia and they're like, oh, they're trying to eat a healthy fish, but they're eating something that's literally eating garbage and waste product. And so if you're eating that and you're eating something that, that is you know being fed waste product, how healthy of an animal is that that you're eating? So what's the rule of fish? Well, it's the same thing. Your, your fish that you consume should be eating what it's intended to eat. It shouldn't be farm-raised. It should be wild-caught. It should be eating sea vegetation and other small fish or whatever it would eat in, in nature. So we always buy our fish wild-caught. And some of the best places to buy that, um, there, are, there are websites where you can go and look and buy wild-caught fish, sea to table and um, again, another reason I love the wildflower is they're really good. They they source with um, some fishermen that literally their fish is on the table within, you know, 12 to 24 hours after it's been caught, and it's all wild-caught fish. Um, then let's get into poultry. So with poultry, what's the principle? Same thing. It should be eating what it's intended to eat. So if you're buying chicken, if you're buying eggs, you want to buy stuff that is, you know, free-range and pastured. The the cage free just means it wasn't in the cage. It doesn't mean that it actually ate what it was supposed to. Grass fed in cows doesn't mean it actually ate only grass. It means it was exposed to grass at one point in its life. Wild caught is still a fairly pure, you know, pure label, but pasture raised when it comes to land dwelling animals is really what you're after. I'm gonna go through Coming up, I, I, I've been dangling this carrot in front of you, literally. I'm going to talk about what vegetables you should not be eating in the next few minutes and go over how to know if if you're eating a plant-based diet that's creating sickness or one that's creating health and talk about why vegetarianism isn't necessarily always a great decision. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to 55KRC, the talk station. And we're talking today about plants versus animals. What's healthy, what's not healthy. And so we broke down the, the animals. Here's the basic principles. You want to be eating something that was supposed is eating what it was supposed to. It should be either pasture-raised or wild-caught. Um, if it's a bird, it should be flying through the air, basically. Or if it's a land-dwelling bird, it should be um, eating what it normally would eat on the ground. The industry, uh, Angela Bennett says the uh, food industry takes what people are gravitating towards like grass fed and then turning it into a manipulation and distorting it, which is so true. So like grass fed used to mean that the animal ate grass. Then they, they manipulate it to say you can eat, um, you can eat that, uh, or, or grass fed does no lot, not, no longer mean that it's only eating grass. Now it means it had to be exposed to grass at one point in time to use that label. And they start regulating things so that they can manipulate it. It's really frustrating. You're right, Angela. And um, so here, here, here's the thing. Animals are the most important thing to buy organic because of biotoxic accumulation. That, what that means is that animal, you're never going to eat you know, thousands and thousands of pounds of grain. But that animal did in only a year. 
and then you were exposed to all the chemicals sprayed on that grain, plus all the antibiotics they gave it, et cetera. So animals are the first thing we always advise that you buy organic. Second is when it comes to fruits and veggies. So, so second of all, my rule with buying organic is don't buy organic crap. Don't buy organic junk food. Don't buy organic, organic cookies and snack food and this and that. In fact, just stay away from as much of that stuff as you can. It doesn't mean you never get a cookie. It means you shouldn't have them in your cupboard on a regular basis. It doesn't mean you never have a cracker. It means you don't keep chips and crackers and snack food and all this like in your pantry accessible at all times. In fact, make it hard to eat that stuff. Keep meat, veggies, nuts, seeds, you know, like good oils. Keep, keep stuff that's actually food on hand. And, uh, and watch how your health changes. When we go to the store and we're like, oh, we only buy organic, but you only buy organic fruit snacks and crackers and fruit, you know, organic cereals and all this. It's amazing why, you know, we're still sick, even though we're trying to buy a healthier version of junk food. So that leads me to this point about, can you possibly eat a plant that's bad for you? And I'm not talking about poisonous plants. What I'm talking about is... If you're eating a vegetarian diet, um, first of all, are you really eating a vegetarian diet? Because a lot of vegetarians I know aren't vegetarians. They're confectionarians and they're addicted to grains. So I know people who are vegetarians who don't eat any vegetables. They simply eat bread, pasta, rice, quinoa, crackers, cookies, Starbucks, Frappuccinos, this, that, and they, they don't eat a vegetable. Like, oh boy. I, I, I know some people, you know, fairly close to me who, you know, they've been vegetarians for a long time and they're some of the least healthy people you could ever imagine because they don't actually eat vegetables. If their diet was mostly vegetables and fruit, they would, they would have a, you, it's really hard to get fat eating vegetables. Let's put it that way. It's really hard to be 100 pounds overweight, 200 pounds overweight, eating exclusively vegetables and berries and some fruit. That if there's a vegetarian that is overweight, you you can almost bet yourself they're not a vegetarian. They're a processed food addict. And if there's a vegetarian you know, that's unhealthy, you can almost bet yourself that they're, you know, they're not eating lots of vegetables. They're eating lots of you know, confections and lots of processed foods. So being a vegetarian does not necessarily mean that somebody's healthy. I gave the example of every time I go to the health food store, you see some healthy looking people and then you see a couple of people are really scraggly looking and you find out they're, they're the vegans. So they're not getting good fats in and they're not consuming the right uh, good fats. They may not even be eating lots of plant-based foods. They might not even be eating lots of vegetables that, you know, I, I love the Indian culture because I think they have some of the most amazing spices and they have some of the most amazing access to, you know, plants and, and, and in their, in their diet that they're strictly vegetarian in most cases. But I know a lot of overweight Indian people cause they're eating a lot of naan and a lot of rice and a lot of grains. And, and I have, you know, friends who are Middle Eastern or Turkish or, um, you know, uh, Arabic and, and same thing, lots of fried food, lots of rice, lots of this in their culture. And just because they don't eat meat doesn't mean they're healthy. Uh, I know a lot of people who eat meat, but they tend to consume 60, 70% of their nutrition or more in 
fruits and vegetables and, and, and eat really healthy, eat more of a paleolithic lifestyle. And because they're eating so many plants, they look incredibly healthy. And then you have the person who's overweight and out of shape and looks sick telling them that it's unhealthy to eat that much meat. And the reality is if you look at the two people, it's really easy to tell who the healthy one is. And so, um, first of all, if you're truly trying to eat a plant-based diet or you're vegetarian, are you really vegetarian? Are you really eating vegetables or are you eating confections? Are you eating grains and stuff like that? Number two, if you're going to eat vegetables, then the ones that you need to be buying organic are the ones that have the highest exposures to pesticides. So, um, there's a great list you can look up and the list is the clean 15. So look up the clean 15 versus the dirty dozen. The dirty dozen are the 12 foods that have the highest pesticide ratios and uh, the clean 15 are the ones that have the least pesticide exposure. So the dirty dozen list very frequently includes things like strawberries, spinach, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, pears, tomatoes, celery, potatoes, sweet bell peppers. A lot of those were fruits and, you know, bugs love fruit because of the sugar content. So what do they do? They spray them with lots of pesticides and then we eat those and we end up with a burden that's toxic. The clean 15, if you look at this, it's avocados, sweet corn, pineapples, cabbages, onions, sweet peas, papayas, asparagus, mangoes, Eggplants, honeydews, kiwis, cantaloupes, cauliflower, broccoli. A lot of these are fruits or vegetables that have harder exteriors. They don't absorb chemicals as readily. And so if you're going to buy organic, start with your meat first. Make sure it's pasture-raised. Find a good farm in the area that finishes their beef off of grass if possible. And then next, move towards your fruit and veggies and buy first your dirty dozen in organic Make sure you're buying strawberry, spinach, nectarines, et cetera, and organic. And if you're going to buy any non-organic, buy them off the Clean 15 list because those are your most healthy versions of um, you know fruits and vegetables. So here's how somebody could literally be eating, if you're eating inorganically and you're eating more of a vegan or, or vegetarian diet, you could literally be eating tons of pesticide residue. So that's, that's the big thing I want to go over with fruits and vegetables. Here's the other thing is that fruit, um, even though there's a lot of benefit to it, a lot of phytonutrients, can be really high in sugar. So most people, it's not going to be a big issue. But if you are already having issues with insulin, if you're already having issues with blood sugar, if you're already having issues with inflammation, if you have a diagnosis of cancer or heart disease, you want to avoid most fruit at all cost because of the sugar content in it. And I know there's some research out there that says that because of the fiber, et cetera, that, you know, it slows down the process. And because of some of the phytonutrients, they don't see fructose elevate blood sugar levels as high. But I'll tell you one thing that doesn't elevate blood sugar levels as high as eating fruit is eating no fruit. Like it doesn't elevate the sugars anywhere near as high. And I don't think anyone would argue with you that if you're going to eat plants, that some of the best phytonutrients that you can eat, especially come from vegetables, especially your green leafies. If you look at a nutrient density chart, fruit is nowhere near as high in nutrient density as vegetables are. And so vegetables are your place to start. If you guys are looking to supplement, if you realize like, whoa, I'm probably really pro-inflammatory, start eating more vegetables and then supplement with an omega-3 fatty acid supplement like a fish oil or a plant-based omega-3 fatty acid supplement that's a one-to-one ratio 
We have a workshop coming up. If you go to drryanlive.com, we're going to have a link up there. And it should be up already. If it's not, it'll be up in the next day or two. I know we have an Eventbrite link. But for a workshop we're doing called Vitamin 101, where we're going to be going over how to make sure you're supplementing your diet with the right vitamins. Do I take a vitamin? If so, why? Um, Which ones should I take? Are there ones everyone should take or are there ones only certain people should take? Are there certain vitamins for certain conditions? We're going to answer a lot of those questions and help you guys out. Hope you enjoyed it today. One of the biggest principles is no matter what you're doing with your health, your body needs to adapt and your nervous system controls that. If you have an unhealthy nervous system, you have an unhealthy body, as a chiropractor, you need to be getting adjusted. I'm going to tell you that. You have to take care of your spine. It's the only one you got that I promise you come into our office. We got your back, no pun intended, but uh, a spine's really a terrible thing to waste. Give us a call at 513-777-7575. Check us out on AlignHealthCenter.com. Have a great week. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, Detox Station.